When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on Squats and Margaritas. Trust the confirmations that you're given. A big time when that happened for me was actually moving to Los Angeles and coming to Hollywood because mm-hmm. I had no intention of moving across the country. At that time, it wasn't like I had this huge surplus of money. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't make a lot of tangible sense. But literally, I heard God's voice and he's sending me to LA. And then I was invited to come speak in LA. The next day, a friend of mine invited me to Runyon Canyon. We hiked up to the top. You know, there was a sign that I saw. I squinted to see it and I couldn't make out all the words. And he's like, Edwina, come on, right? We're spending too much time up here. Then he asked me, have you given any thought to coming out here? I think you do really well here. And I said, my Agents aren't supportive of me coming out here. I have no opportunities, nothing tangible that would make me move my life across the country. God also hasn't given me a sign, right? Like two days later, my last night in LA, I'm walking with another friend. It's pitch black outside and my camera takes a picture by itself. It just flashes. What? And so I turn over the camera, like, how did that even happen? Right. And inside of my camera, up close and perfectly framed, is the picture, I mean, that I struggle to see from no. the top of the mountain two days prior. Oh, my God. Now, up close and perfectly framed <laughs> in my phone. And it said, from Harlem to Hollywood, you're a star. Congratulations. Are you? My, I have full body goosebumps. My whole body. Hey, senorita. Really nice to meet ya. Have some tequila and stay. This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's award-winning actress and producer Edwina Finley. You know her from HBO's The Wire, If Loving You Is Wrong, on OWN. She's currently starring in a new Amazon sci-fi drama, The Power. She's also a sought-after motivational speaker and founder of Abundant Life U, a nonprofit that brings wellness, financial literacy, and career development programs to vulnerable communities nationwide. Edwina talks a lot about faith, and I want to talk about following the signs to find your purpose and trusting that that's exactly what you're supposed to do, even when other people are doubting it. I want to talk about raising daughters. She's got two young girls. How do we raise them with positive body image and self-confidence? How does she balance all the things? please do me a favor and hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. And please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts. Here is my episode with Edwina Finley. I have been on a recent spiritual journey. Mm. You wouldn't even believe like some of the signs and things that have been happening. Well, maybe you would. (laughs) Not everyone. (laughs) I probably would. You probably would. Um, But I just feel like you're coming into my life exactly when I'm opening myself up to these things. And Things like that keep happening. I had no idea that like listening to you, how much you were faith-based and faith-driven and talking about signs. And I wanted you to share your story. I know you always wanted to be an actress and you went to a performing arts high school, but there isn't always a lot of support around 
um, saying that that's what you're going to do with your career. Can you talk about how you just kind of stayed steadfast in what was for you and how you went about confirming that it was for you? Yes. I mean, with my experience, I can't speak for others, but there's been a natural path and then there's been a very supernatural path. And so some people in interviews want to know about the natural path. You went to school and you did this and you did that. And what did you do? And so, yes, I did all the things. Right. But as we know, to become an actor in this business, I think it's one percent of the of the people that actually pursue acting actually are able to make, I want to say, maybe even five thousand dollars a year at it. Like there's incredible statistics, you know, and. And they're very sad. And listen, I understand. I feel grateful every day, you know, but for me, it was really about, is this God's plan for my life? And if it's not, I'm willing to let it go. And I feel like so much of my life has been about obedience and surrender, Mm -hmm. you know, has been about faith and believing, like if God's telling me something is going to happen, really believing it, but also being willing to say, if this is not the plan, I will submit my plan to yours. And I feel like that's opened up doors that I never could have created for myself. Yeah. So with me, yes, I went to a performing arts school in DC, um, Duke Ellington School of the Arts. And that gave me an opportunity as a young person to really travel all over the world, which is amazing, singing and dancing. And, you know, they really were intentional about opening doors, um, especially for, for underserved youth, which was amazing artistically. And then I went to NYU, studied um, acting there. And in between each transition, I really prayed, you know, God, what am I going to do with my life? I'm 16 years old. (laughs) You know, am I supposed to go to school for acting or, or should I get, you know, a regular job or a safe job? Like I'm being taught um, or told, you know, by some of my family members, some of the people I look up to are encouraging me to do something stable. And I feel like that's when I first remember hearing God's voice when I was 16 years old. Wow. And, and I knew that he was saying, I am sending you into the entertainment industry. And also that he was going to open a door for me in New York specifically. Wow. And so that's what ended up happening. I ended up going to school for New York, you know, going to school in New York. And then around that time of, okay, I'm about to leave school. This is so scary. What do I do now? You know, and, and I prayed and I said, God, I have to be able to pay my bills. I need to end <laughs> it, you know, and it just became a real journey between he and I, you yeah. know, what is this life going to look like? And so I pursued all these different jobs, um, but I was blessed with one working with a psychologist and, um, and, and he was leading these workshops all over New York city. And this was right after nine 11. So the, the spirit of the city, city was very low, mm-hmm. but he kind of sent me out into these housing projects and just all over New York to lead these empowerment workshops for women. Yeah. And I'm 21 years old, you know, I'm <laughs> half their age, yeah. but it just became this whole, like, these rock star events and we were dancing and singing and, you know, and laughing and creating vision boards. And it was really about how do we, myself included, how do we create a life that's bigger than the one that we're living right now? Mm -hmm. And so as I was taking these women on this journey, I found myself on my own journey and it was very spiritual. Um, and, 
And it kind of also just opened up the door for God to just start flooding me with messages of what he was going to do, where I was going to go. And so, yeah, years later, I received a prophetic word that I was going to be working with Tyler Perry and that I was going to be filming in Georgia at his um, studio. And of course, now I have (laughs) filmed with Tyler Perry at his studio in Georgia and have a star on Tyler's Walk of Fame that he presented me with you know, commemorating that experience that's still right there on that studio lot. I received a prophetic word that I was going to be filming in London and and actually to even name my baby London because God was going to be opening a door for my family in London. My God. And <laughs> here we are. I've just finished filming The Power in London. My baby's name is London. And yes. my husband, same thing. So, you know, you're going to marry this person. It was very specific. And and I just find that it takes patience, right? It, it requires <laughs> patience. It requires a lot of faith to trust what God is saying to you and also to be able to wait until that time of manifestation. But I like to always tell people it's going to be worth the wait on the other side. Yes. That's you call it waiting season. Cause you're like, I hear that I'm going to have these things. And it's like, all right, let's go. And you have to just, yes. But it's like, you use that time to, I think you said, make yourself ready for that. Like you believe this is coming and it's not here yet. So during that waiting season, like you're patient, but you're also preparing for the thing because you know that it's coming and you trust that it's coming. How do you stay with your goal, when maybe there were people that are like, are you sure about that? Like I have a nonprofit for teen girls that are struggling with body image and self-worth. And I've never felt this kind of fulfillment. I know it's what I'm supposed to do, but other people in my life um, are kind of stuck with me saying I was just going to be a stay at home mom. And now I've had this pivot and I know, and it's the same thing. I will ask for signs and I mean, smack you in the face sign. Like it scares me. When I will ask for clarity on something, I will pray for clarity. And the next day you can't deny it. So I know, but how do I like bring people on that are part of your life for the journey? And I, there was something you said, uh, you guard that part of your heart when you're passionate about something and kind of turn away from the people that you love during that time. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now back to Squats and Margaritas. Wow, that's a great question. First of all, yes, trust the confirmations that you are being given. Yeah. Um, for me, 
you know, a big, a big time when that happened for me was actually moving to Los Angeles and coming to Hollywood because Mm -hmm. I had no intention of moving across the country at that time. It wasn't like I had this huge surplus of money. You know, it, it didn't make a lot of tangible sense, but literally I heard God's voice. I heard God's voice said that he's sending me to LA. And then I was invited to come speak in LA. I spoke in LA. The next day, a friend of mine invited me to Runyon Canyon. We hiked up to the top and I just knew I was having this spiritual experience up there. And then we got back down. You know, there was a sign that I saw. I squinted to see it from the top of Runyon Canyon. And I couldn't make out all the words. I'm begging my friend to help me piece together the words, you know. And it was something about this sign that was drawing me. And he's like, Edwina, come on, right? We're spending too much time up here. So I reluctantly left, you know, went to the bottom of the hill. But then he asked me, have you given any thought to coming out here? I think you do really well here. And I said, this has been an amazing trip. But my agents aren't supportive of me coming out here. I have no physical like signs or no, no opportunities, nothing tangible that would make me move my life across the country. And he said, you know, Edwina, you can't keep letting them control your life. You can't keep letting them control your career. Mm. You know, this is about you. And I said, well, listen, God also hasn't given me a sign, right? Like, even if I step away from people, I still need to be able to ha- to know that God's got my back yeah. and that he's the one that's going to be opening a door for me. And so my friend kind of rolled his eyes like, oh, you're always being so deep. <laughs> but, you know, my last night, two days later, my last night in L.A., I'm walking with another friend. It's pitch black outside and my camera takes a picture by itself and it just flashes. What? And so I turn over the camera. So she's looking at me. I'm looking at her like, how did that even happen? Right. Turn it over. And inside of my camera, up close and perfectly framed is the picture. I mean, that I struggle to see from the top of the mountain two days prior. Oh, my God. Now up close and perfectly framed (laughs) in my phone. And it said from Harlem to Hollywood. You're a star. Congratulations. Are you my, I have full body goosebumps, my whole body. (laughs) Oh my God. Like, yes. And yes, I get back to New York the next day. And guess what? My agent drops me. They call and drop me. I was like, what is happening? What is happening? What is happening? But then I realized there were two things that I said would prevent me from moving and from stepping out. It was my agency and revelation from God. And within 24 hours, he handled that. And then it was just a faith walk of, okay, I'm willing. I surrender. I will go. I have no idea what this journey looks like, but I will go. And months later, literally, I felt an impression to get up and go to this Bible study in Manhattan. I'm like, by the time I get to the Bible study, it's going to be over. Why am I going there? But I went there And I just felt led to pray over this woman while I was there, prayed for her and turned out that she was the creator of a show that I had been dying to be a part of. And she got me an audition for it. And that show brought me to Hollywood. So this is the supernatural journey. I'm here for it. (laughs) That goes under the natural journey. And so I just want to say, If there are people in your life, which there are always going to be people in your life that do not believe 
what you what you believe and what you know in your heart. One thing I had to break free of is is validation. I've had to go on a journey of breaking free of validation that someone else seeing the vision is not what determines whether or not the vision is real. That's not what determines it, how many people see it. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two is if it's someone that is inextricably connected to your life, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it's about them just catching up. You know, I've definitely like I'm married, experienced many times where I've seen something so strongly. And my husband has been like, no, 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 I don't see that for us or I don't see that for me or I don't see that for him. And I'm like, but God is showing me like I feel this so strongly. And sometimes it takes even a couple of years for your partner. Mm. <laughs> I know you're like, who wants to wait a couple of years? I understand. But, you know, God showed me wow, maybe six years before my husband and I got married that we were going to get married. You know, sometimes it's hard when God shows you the future. It's like, yes, everybody else is not necessarily going to see it, but it will happen. It will happen. And you just have to pray for the other person. You have to pray that God will manifest, you know, what he's saying in the appointed time. Then you also have to pray for yourself that you will be strong enough to withstand the storms that come in the midst of the journey. But at what point do you just keep withstanding the storm? Like I, what you were saying, I'm completely, I've been like knocked down by these, like I asked for clarity, here it is. I'm not, and I don't even need validation. I know that it's right. But when it's someone that is in your life that is very much intertwined in your life and it is making it almost harder Yeah. At what point do you just step into your path and your purpose and like turn away from that person? Like the issue, you know, I think is really how does this person begin to see you in a new light and support and respect you in a new light? And my experience has been that therapy has really helped with that, has helped with both my spouse and I being able to see each other through a new lens, right? Mm -hmm. And respect the journey that each of us is on and give each other space for our journey. You know, like you may not always understand, my husband is very entrepreneurial, right? Like I may not always understand how he's putting things together or what his vision looks like as far as the pieces and where the path is going. Um, but I have to trust and respect it. Right. And then pray for him, encourage him. Even if I don't, if, if I don't know the path myself or I have opinions of what it should be. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this now back to squats and margaritas. Have you ever had your human design done or human design read? Mm, I don't even know what that is. It's I mean, people say they're sign, like I'm a Sagittarius, but oh. human design is based on what time you were born, like where the moon was, and what time in your, uh, where you were born. So instead of saying you're a, whatever your sign is, your sun sign, it's a different sign. It is so accurate. And I found out that I'm a sacral generator. I feel things in my body. And when I had this read, they were like, do you ever just get a feeling to go? It's like, when you were talking, I was like, I bet you're a sacral generator. Like you Mm. get these feelings in your body and it doesn't make sense. And you're Mm. like, no, this isn't right. Or she's like, you're driving your kids to soccer practice and something is telling you to turn left. And then there has been something there or something was telling you to look at that sign. 
the butterfly, like once my neighbor, the butterfly was one thing. Once my neighbor was, she didn't put her car in park and she's 75 and she was literally being dragged by her car across my front lawn. And I could have been anywhere in my house. Something in my body was like, go to the front door. And I went and I see her and I saved her. Like I jumped over and they were like, your human oh. design is a sacral feeling around other people's safety. Whoa. And when I found out about this, I was like, I wonder if you, because the feelings, and I understand you when we're talking about this. And I feel like some people are like coincidence, but like, you know, when you ask for something and then it's confirmed yes. and you get these feelings, like yes. I, I wondered if we had the same uh, human design. We should talk about maybe the, your movie, <laughs> your new oh, episode, okay. right? before <laughs> I just take all of this as a um, therapy session when you thought you were coming on to talk about your show. <laughs> so please talk to me about... The power, it's out now. The power is so exciting. Um, it is a nine-part global thriller. And it it really centers on these young women who develop the power to be able to electrocute people at will, right? And oh. so it's this new gene that develops in their body that at first they don't know what it is. And it begins in different parts of the world and it spreads, it spreads, it spreads, it spreads. And my character um, is named Helen and she's the chief of staff to Mayor Clary Lopez, played by the wonderful Tony Collette. Mm -hmm. And we are pretty much running uh, Seattle, Washington, where we live and where we serve in government. And we're trying so hard to get ahead of this thing because it's become this global phenomenon. And eventually it spreads from young girls to older women. And uh, we have to negotiate. How do we handle the power when we're given it? How do mm. we, when we step into our power, what does that look like? What are we going to use it for? For good, for evil, for corruption, for uplift, you know? And so throughout this journey, you're seeing, you know, how power is negotiated. And you're also seeing a, a real huge gender balance, you know, shift in our society where men are the ones who are shaking in their boots when they're walking down the street at night by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, they're afraid to cross another woman, you know, when she gets upset and it's like, oh, wow, look at that. You know, how do men begin to handle it when women step into their power? Ooh. So a lot of, you know, some of the themes that we've talked about today uh -huh. are, are reflected <laughs> uh, within the series. And I'm just really grateful to be a part of it. It's led by women um you know all women writers women directors wow the a, a producing staff of women so it was just wonderful to be a part of it and talking about women having power and strong women you're raising two strong women talk to me about how you make sure that they know their worth and make sure that they have a positive body image. Cause as I mentioned, like I struggled for so long and my mom was always on diets and I mm. just don't want to perpetuate this to my daughter. So just how you're making sure that you, they are not coming up that way. Yeah. You know, um, raising two African-American daughters, I will say, I mean, it's, it, it, it is beautiful and wonderful and exciting because there are more um, images in the world. There are yes. more um, positive examples in the world. And with when I say in the world, you know, I mean, within the scope of media that they can see that we- Ariel. 
the new little right? mermaid like, there's a black ariel coming <laughs> you know or, or my daughter and i were just reading there's an actress named denai gorilla who just gave us um a book about michelle obama for my daughters and i'm reading it with them and that prompted my daughter my six-year-old to say mommy i want to be the first African-American female president. Love it. Victoria Rose is six, but she has got that in her mind. And she said, mommy, I want you to enroll me in president school. (laughs) (laughs) She has all this president school journey and I've got to either find one or we can come together and create one, (laughs) you know? And so I just love that they're able to to learn about and see examples of African-American women that can show them their beauty and their worth. At the same time, I would say their first race racist experiences were probably at two and three years old. No. Called names, you know, crying on the playground, people talking about their hair, their skin color. And that's been really difficult for me as a mom, because I'm like, these girls are so beautiful. How Mm. is it that at this young age, this systematic racism has gotten to little children where they have started perpetuating it on my children at such young ages. And so, you know, for me, like we have these Bible mantras. And so one day my, you know, my daughter came home and she's like, you know, she said a child's name said that I look scary because I have black skin. Oh my God. And another day she came home and said, you know, another child's name. Well, they told me that I'm not supposed to leave the house because if I do, and I'm a black person, that the police will kill me. Um, how old is your child? That asked you six. And listen, these comments began at age four, but then the racial comments started at age two. So it's it's very difficult to you know to to hold them close and and to protect them from any kind of you know, racial or physical, you know, opposition being brought to them. But one of the things I've tried to intentionally do is to develop an internal sense of self-esteem. And so I say, Victoria Rose, but what is the truth about you? Is that, is that the truth or is that a lie? She said, that's a lie, mommy. I said, so what is the truth? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am made in God's image. I am beautiful and lovely. I am unique and powerful, you know? And so like really rehearsing these things over and over, my hope is to drown out those negative voices and to really make that internal voice so strong that she will go to that voice first. When she hears something that's different from that, that she'll go back to that stronger voice that's telling her the beauty and worth that she has and that they both have. What fabulous advice. I wrote it down. What is the truth? And then, because mm-hmm. we haven't really had the talk about racial identity. They don't really ask. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I yeah, don't want to just don't want to introduce it to exactly. My husband said it's like Dr. Seuss. He's like, do we know that he's a racist now? Yes. Are we going to tell the kids not to read Dr. Seuss? Or are we going to let them be naive and enjoy the why would we put this on them? But then anyone that I talk to is like, you need to prepare them because someone on the playground is going to come up to my daughter and be like, what are you? And she will be so not equipped. She, I mean, she'd be like a girl. Like she wouldn't right. have no idea how to answer that. So they said, you don't want a kid on the playground to tell her what she is and her not have had it from you. But then I'm like, she also has like anxiety. She's seven. I don't want to put, but right. guess what else? Let me put her. this on you. Same way. I don't know what is the right way. way to handle yeah. it. 
Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I waited too. I didn't want to have, you know, these conversations too early because I didn't want my daughters walking around feeling I'm different. I'm different. Yes. Like, I really wanted them to feel like you, right. Like you said, you are a girl, just like every <laughs> other girl, you know, but it's unfortunate that th- that children experience things that happen that then, you know, introduce them to something that you don't want them to be exposed to. And so my, honestly, my husband and I are in that in that, you know, little period right now of, okay, how do we get ahead of some things, right? How do we, how do we teach them how to protect themselves, right? Like that was something I was really concerned about because a lot of the women that I know have been sexually abused Mm. at ages, you know, different things like that. And our, and our show touches on that as well. Um, you know, so it's like, you don't want to tell them too much, but then you do yes. want to protect them and, and give them a worldview through which they can discern if yes. something is right and wrong. And I think that's what we are working on doing, establishing their worldview so that they are able to discern when something falls outside of that. I love that. You're not telling them what it is. You're giving them the information and they can kind of discern what they feel about it, come to their own kind of conclusion about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and also to create a space where they know you can always talk to mommy. You can always mm-hmm. talk to dad. Please come to us. You know, I think that's, that's the shame that a lot of girls and women carry too, because there's so many things that we've suffered with in silence that we, that we were experiencing that we didn't share with other people, you know, that produced a lot of shame. And so we don't want our girls growing up with shame either. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Now back to squats and margaritas to end it. Squats and margaritas is about balance. Um, I'm trying to find the balance between my brand and my passion and being a mom and being a wife and the mom guilt of like, when I go to speak somewhere, you know, I'm not with my kids and I'm getting a little chatter about that in my ear that I should be with my kids. How do you find the balance or strive for balance as a working actress and mom of two young girls and wife? Yeah. I mean, listen, it's not easy. You know, I feel like that's the first thing. Like if you can just embrace that, oh, finding balance between being a working mom, you know, and your family and becoming successful in your career. If you kind of just establish that, all right, it's not easy. Right. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like it takes a little bit of the weight off. Yeah, right? like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's okay. I'm normal. Right. Yes. Right. Like I'm not superwoman, although we are superwomen. Like, let's get it straight. I mean, <laughs> we're doing so much. Um, but I found, I mean, there's a few things that I've found that have really helped me. Oh my gosh. One is I found a wonderful time management technique, which there's a woman named Julie Morgenstern that wrote a book that blessed me years ago. And then I just started working with her as a coach. Um, The book is called Time Management from the Inside Out. And one of the things I love about it is that it's not written like a lot of traditional corporate time management books where it's like, you wake up at five o'clock and then you work out and then you go to the office. And then while you're at the office, you tell your secretary that it's like, that is not my life. That was written for a whole white corporate man (laughs) (laughs) that is not living the life that I'm living. You know, her technique is really about what are the aspects of life that are most important to you? And you begin to categorize your life based 
upon your, your goals, right. And based upon the areas of life that are most important to you. So for me, you know, being a, a child of God is very important to me yeah. and having a relationship with God, having a relationship with my husband, with my children, as well as having a successful career and then service, right. And giving back. So let's just say I choose five categories. Now it's about assigning a certain percentage of time to each one. And and really deciding like, okay, do you want 50% of your time to well, go I was gonna, to the children? I was going to say equally? Equally? Right. Well, no, you decide. you decide. Okay. And, listen, and so because you're deciding, you don't have to worry about judgment and, oh my gosh, she's spending too much time with her kids. Or, oh my gosh, she's spending too much time at these speaking engagements. Like mm-hmm. this is about how you, you know, nice. believe that your life should be set up. And listen, in different seasons, it's going to change. Right now, when, you know, from September to January, I was mainly home with my children. Now I'm traveling for press. I'm flying all over the place. I'm in production. I'm filming a new show. I've got another show that's coming out. I'm writing a book. Like there's a lot of things happening at once. So then it's like, you know, giving yourself the grace to, to realize that there are some seasons where mommy is at everything and there all the time, you know, and then there's other seasons where mommy's really busy. But what I've found that even in the busy seasons, you know, kind of what's become my superpower now. And again, it's all a journey, but when I'm with my family, I try to give them my undivided attention because that I feel is one of the big things that begins to pull away from a relationship too. When you're there, but your attention is in so many places that, you know, it's, it's undivided attention that makes people believe that you care about them. Yes. Taking that individual time, the same way that you do with your guests, the same way that I do when I'm on set, right? Like we have to create space um, of love, right? For the people that we cherish so that they understand that even when you get busy, it, it, you know, you still love them and they feel confident in that. That's beautiful. So the power is available now on Amazon prime. Where can people find more from you? Yeah, sure. So they can follow me on Instagram at Edwina Finley. I'm so new to TikTok. Like I just, just got on TikTok. <laughs> I think my handle is at Edwina underscore Finley. Okay. Um, and then Twitter at Edwina Finley, Facebook, Edwina Finley Dickerson. But I cannot wait to connect and I cannot wait to see and hear all of what you all think about the power. I cannot wait to watch it. You already sold it to me. I cannot wait. Thank you so much for doing this. And if you ever come back to work with Tyler, I'm in Atlanta. Or if you work on anything, I'm right here. You can reach out. I would love to meet you. And I can't wait to watch the show. Oh, thank you. So wonderful meeting you. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas.